And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, October 31st. Happy Halloween, everybody. Or you guys will hear this on November 1st, but it's Halloween for us, so I'll say it anyways. Uh, before we get into the Celtics, uh, I did have a story from today that I will piss Sam off on two different levels. So I All thought right. I'd, I'd share. So I, I went to get my Dunkin' today. Obviously, did my drive through thing. Um, that's not the part that's going to annoy you. But uh, I got up to the window. The it's the Duncan I go to every day, and the lady is we'll use the word unpleasant, uh, not exactly the easiest person to deal with. Um, so first she says, You got this and this, right? I'm like, I think I think so. And then she hands me the wrong order. I'm like, nope, that's not it. I think I see mine over there. And so she gives me the correct order, uh, doesn't hand me my food. I said I had food too. Uh, she hands me the food and walks away didn't give me a piece of my order, but me being the non-confrontational person I am, I just drive away. I'm like, I, it's not worth my time. And I proceeded to drive to a different Dunkin' Donuts, which is like, I mean, it's Massachusetts. It was like two minutes away uh, and got the rest of my food. Um, that was the first part that I thought would annoy you because I, I assume you would just tell them that they forgot something. Uh, and like, I usually hey, do, I had like this. You don't have to I mean usually about do it. too. No, no, no. I usually do too. But if it didn't take her three different tries to get me the rest of my order, then I would have like said it. But I was just I was sick of it at that point. Was it busy? You know uh, no. I mean, I think there was like one or two cars behind me. But it's like it's just I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. It just wasn't worth. Well, I'm trying time. to think if there's any reason for them screwing up. Any no, they're just she. It's I like I said, this specific worker is just unpleasant. I didn't feel like the unpleasant. Why? Anymore. What happened? You, have, you must have <laughs> I'm, some. I'm some using story. unpleasant. Well, no, it's just like they're one of those people that doesn't really talk. They'll just hand you the order, say, here you go and like walk away. There's no hi. There's no nothing. It's just like here, here. And it's consistently whenever my order is wrong or the wrong thing or they forget something. It is this person that hands it to me. You know, I'm like, I remember. Um, also I'll apologize in advance. There are probably trick or treaters coming to my house. So if you hear dogs barking in the back, that's because people are knocking at my door. But anyway, Dude, nobody trick or treats at my house. That's unfortunate. We, I don't mind we, trick we, we never have people come here. I don't even, we don't have candy. If someone rings my doorbell right now, I don't know what to do. <laughs> we, we don't get a ton, but we get a little, but the second part of my story that was going to annoy you, you want to know what I went to the second Dunkin' Donuts to get because they forgot it. What would you, oh, a jelly donut, a jelly donut. Yep. Got so what else did you get? I got well. I get a coffee. I still live at home for for the time being. Who doesn't? Um. So, so exactly. So I got a coffee for me. I got one for my mom. Uh, for when she comes home from work, and then I get two bacon, egg, and cheese wake up wraps, and then my jelly donut, and that's that's my breakfast slash lunch because I I don't wake up early enough. So it's like my my both, I suppose, and then my coffee, which I didn't actually finish, which is right here. And Sam's gonna hate it again because it's a hot coffee. I don't know how like you can get something like that, not finish it. Well, a hot coffee I get because you have to go a little bit slower. But like me, if I get an iced coffee, like I rip through it. Me and my friend. I just got distracted. We went out this weekend. So we had college football Saturday. Uh, I get a coffee before I go. We hang out, watch games. We went and got something to eat. And then on the way back, we go and get a coffee at Starbucks. Um, This is after we were at the restaurant waiting for the bill for 25 minutes. And the waitress is just walking around. No problem is counting tips at the table next to my friend and I, and, and I am an impatient person. I I am one (laughs) of the most impatient people I know. Sure. Yeah. However, 
I was impatient with this for maybe 10 minutes. And then after that, it starts to get funny. <laughs> so what did you becomes, do? There, nothing. There becomes a point. One, I was not the one paying. I had paid through Venmo. Okay, yep. So I'm not really waiting for my card to get taken or my card to be brought back. And then I'm just sitting there. I'm sitting there. My friend's getting pissed. And he's you can tell he's getting pissed. So it's starting to become funnier and funnier to me. And by the yeah. time they actually come over, I have this big grin on my face. And because, <laughs> you know, he's just pissed. So anyway, we yeah. finally get out of there. We go to the Starbucks on the way home. And we're sitting in the drive through there. First of all, for me, ordering at Starbucks is a nightmare because mm-hmm. their sizes are different. Yep. On the drive, I don't go there often, so I don't really know what I want. Mm-hmm. So I actually have to look. I can't find on their menu where all their flavors are. They don't you know really at Dunkin'. Have, it's weird. Yeah. Well, at Dunkin', they have all these flavors you can get. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but I mean, Love so I, I sound like I'm brain dead ordering this. My friend orders his coffee. We go to the window. They give me mine. His coffee must have taken another 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, this, this poor guy, he was ready to murder somebody. He waited for the bill, waited for the coffee. And then we finally get them to, they, they come to the window and they're like, hey, sorry, we were brewing your, we were brewing you a fresh uh, brew and we got grinds in it. So that, that was the story about why. And Love they were that. like, so we, so we can't give you what you ordered. Is this okay instead? And he was like, yeah, yeah, like whatever. Just get me, get me whatever I want. So what do you get? I don't know. Get some some different type of hot coffee. All right. Well, that's probably enough about uh, drive-throughs for one uh, one day. I'm sure Landon, uh, friend of the pregame show, will appreciate it because he missed the. Uh, I saw his comment. He missed the slipper uh, take on the pregame show, which you guys should check out. Uh, pregame show on How About Them Celtics podcast YouTube YouTube channel. Thirty minutes for every game, but. Uh, let's get into some actual Celtics talk because that's probably why, or definitely why, most of you guys are here. Um, do we want to? We haven't recorded since the Cavaliers game, so we have the Cavs and right. the Wizards game to go over. Do you want to start with Cavs or start with Wizards? We'll go in order. Okay, so Celtics uh, fell to the Cleveland Cavaliers in overtime. They lost one thirty-two to one twenty-three. Uh, it was a guard show for the Cavaliers, even though Darius Garland was hurt. Karis LeVert, Celtics killer, dropped 41 points, as did Donovan Mitchell, who's having a great season in Cleveland so far. Uh, their bigs also chipped in with solid performances. Jared Allen, Evan Mobley played pretty well. Uh, I, I don't want to say dominated the glass, but they hit the glass pretty hard and uh, hurt the Celtics in that regard. Jason Tatum had a chance to win it at the end of regulation, but Dean Wade played some great defense. Uh, but overall, it was a rough game because the Celtics defense didn't really show up, and there was just wasn't a lot of consistency on that end for them. Um, they are now four and two on the season after the Wizards game, but that game dropped them to three and two at the time. Uh, what what were your takeaways from that Cavs game? Well, I was pissed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, clearly, you, you got you got beat by a pair of guys that usually beat up on you. Lavert always good against the Celtics, not very good against anybody else. Mitchell good against everybody, specifically the Celtics always plays well. It seems like that at least, and then. You just, I hate when they blow leads. They they blew a lead in this Cavs game. I believe they, yeah, they came back in that Cavs game, built up a lead of their own after starting slow, and then they still managed to blow it. So they didn't even have as much time to blow it, and they managed. It was just bad. They, they couldn't stop anything, and they were like a wet paper bag you get right through. Yeah. The rebounding wasn't there. So, you, I mean, obviously Grant's out, right? But, like, mm-hmm. even then – 
you had pieces there. You you are used to not having a whole lot of guys that are just dominant on the glass as is. So with Grant out, the whole team has to rebound, and there you are giving up offensive board after offensive board when you can't really get a stop in the first place. So you're just making your life far too hard, and it caught up to him. They lost in overtime. Don't have a problem with the Tatum shot at the end of regulation. Some people are pissed. I didn't get it. I, yeah. I thought he was fine. I thought the shot was fine. It's a spot he feels comfortable from. Fine. Yeah. Hey, you're adding a problem with the Tatum shot. After the game, he talked about it. He said, I was fine with it. I got to my spot. We've seen Tatum make that shot a bunch of times. He made it against RJ Barrett a couple of years ago to win the game against the Knicks. Uh, he makes that shot in the flow of the game a ton of times. It it just missed. And Dean Wade, shout out him. He played good defense on Tatum. He forced him out of the paint. Uh, it took a pretty contested shot. But like I said, you want your superstars taking those shots. If I'm the, the Mavericks, I'd rather Luka take that shot. Uh, then Spencer Dinwiddie take it open, then take a shot at the end of regulation. You could argue, oh, maybe you find Jalen there, but Jason Tatum is the best player on the Celtics. He got to a spot that he's comfortable with and that he can make shots from, uh, and he took the shot. It just didn't fall. So, like I, I also said, I really have a problem with it. didn't have a problem with no timeout on that either. I didn't want yeah. them to call timeout bringing it up like that. If you do that, you especially that in that situation, they only had one timeout, so you're risking the defense forcing you into a five second violation. You don't have a safety net. Um, mm -hmm. you risk them getting set up and being more ready for you. Granted, the Cavs played good defense and uh, Tatum missed the shot. Unfortunately, uh, mm -hmm. Cornette was not ready. He could have had a nice putback for the win, maybe. Might have been <laughs> yeah. late, but, but there wasn't enough time. Yeah, no, I, I watched the shot. There wasn't enough time, but I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, I will say, though, on the same topic, Joe Missoula has to use his timeouts. There, there's just no point in going a game with two timeouts left on the board, right? It's like runners left in scoring position. There's no point in not using them, especially when in most of these scenarios, uh, you're laughing at my baseball reference. It's a little different. <laughs> well, you, you don't I, really have a I choice. Know. You would, you would knock in all the runs you could. <laughs> my point is, what's the point in not using them? Especially in a game where the other team went on plenty of runs where you could have used them. And even if the team doesn't go on a run, at least give your guys a rest. You're playing them 40 minutes in that Cavs game, at least. You, you got to give them a rest. Al Horford's 36 years old. Give them a rest. Tatum and Brown are going to play the bulk of most games. Give them a rest. Like, I understand wanting to let these guys figure it out, especially early on in the season, but just use the timeouts. Like, like, like I don't get it. That that part, I don't understand. That's the only gripe I have with Joe Mazzulla this season. Um, Yeah, I mean... The timeout thing is it's just like obscure. Like, why aren't why aren't they being used? And there are right? situations that call for it, especially when you've lost two games. Granted, you're four and two, fine. The two games you lost, you blew leads in. And specifically in the Chicago game, you did not call timeout. I don't remember vividly the Cavs game how frequently he called timeout. I don't remember. But I know when they lost to Chicago and they blew that 19-point lead, he didn't it was on. quick that they blew the lead, and there was no stoppage. It was just yep, kept going. Yep. Got to use them. Uh, that's my thing. I think you just you got to use them. So it is what it is. Um, he's made it pretty clear that he's – I don't want to say against using timeouts, but his philosophy is let the guys figure it out on, on their own, which maybe it'll help him in the postseason, and that'll be a good thing. But at least give him a rest. <laughs> That's my thing. At least give him a rest. Um, the defense in the Cavs game was rough. The perimeter defense, especially, I thought was really bad. Uh, they were just kind of letting guys get by him willy nilly. Like the the drop coverage wasn't as mm -hmm. 
prevalent, like that they stepped up a little bit, Boston's bigs, but when they did, Mitchell and Levert would just blow by them. And sure, at the end of the game there, Levert hit a couple like hands up, what are you gonna do shots? But for the most part, it was Boston's defense just not being good enough. And we'll we'll get to it in the Wizards game because they they fixed it a little, but that Cavs game, I think, showcased why there have been some concerns about the Celtics defense this year. And also you talk about the what are you gonna do shots going in? Those shots don't happen or go in unless a guy is feeling confident because he's made the easy ones. So giving Levert easy looks throughout the game got him to be confident enough and to be feeling it enough to make those shots, but to take them in the first place. You're not going to see him go out and pull a three off an offensive rebound in overtime like it's nothing if he's not feeling it. Sorry. Yeah, I agree with you. Just need to be better. That that Cavs team's good. It's solid. They weren't at full strength. They didn't have Darius Garland. He's a big mm-hmm. piece for them. He was an all-star last year. You need to be better. You need to be better. Your world's better than that team, despite the talent they have. You should have won. You should have won that game on Friday. You didn't. That's a game you dropped easy. Home win you had in the bag. It's not like you didn't have a lead. It's not like you didn't show everyone that you could play against them because you could. I, I just hate when they blow leads. Nothing makes me more upset than that. I, I and especially I you you just did it against Chicago. You had three days to sit mm-hmm. and think about what you did, and you didn't do anything differently. It just was all a mess. Offensive rebounds still plagued you. Yeah, still still hurt you late. What's going on? And and we talked about it on the pregame. The need to feel as if they need to match every basket Cleveland made. Yeah, man. In, especially late in overtime. You were tweeting about it. It's your credit, but. We we gotta talk about it. I mean, they're out there uh, yes. pulling threes early in the shot clock just because the Cavs just made one. Yeah. How about you get a good look? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. You, you open up overtime. Donovan Mitchell hits a three. Jalen Brown immediately waltzed, waltzes down the court and pulls up for another contested look just to try to match it. It doesn't work. Later in overtime, they're down by five. Jason Tatum takes the ball, does his dribble package, takes a contested fadeaway three. You don't need to, and there were like, there was a minute left in the game. You don't need to chip away in chunks. You just need to get good looks at that point, especially at the start of overtime. Donald Mitchell hits a three, and then you immediately try to match it with a bad shot. If it goes in, great. It's a good momentum thing. But chances are, with the look JB got, it's not going to go in. You you need to look for good shots rather than trying to play hero ball. And I don't want to use that term too much because it's it's not as bad as it was last year. But it's just those little decisions throughout the course of the game where you try to match a basket. You try to, you know, go one on one back and forth with a star in the other team. Just play within the flow of the offense. And I can't remember the exact Joe Missoula quote, um, but along the line, it was along the lines of this. You can play well for spurts, but if you don't play well for 48 minutes, then those spurts aren't going to matter. It was something like that. Like, oh, this is what he said. He said, you can't get bored with playing the right way. And that's it's it's true. It's that's seems exactly like it, it, what it, it happens. Yes, exactly. You want to talk uh, about it happening? It's a good segue. Uh, yesterday, Sunday, against the Wizards, Celtics played real well. Got up twenty four. What happens? The lead gets back down to single digits. Classic, 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 yep. classic. And there was a stretch in that game. I believe it was the third quarter where they just were shooting threes, both teams, but mm-hmm. the Celtics literally it would be one pass three. And then that would be it. There'd be no real offense ran, no movement. It was all right. Your turn. You shoot it up. Clank. Washington comes down. Oh, 
They missed two. All right, you're lucky. Oh, we're going to do it again. Push our luck. <laughs> and it just wasn't working. No. Al Horford made one and kind of broke the cold streak. Yeah. And then I believe Derek White hit one a few positions yeah. later. But like they were really, it just felt like they were settling. Even on some of the ones that were open, like there's still a lane. If you're open, you can drive. You can drive. Mm-hmm. You don't need to take the three. You you don't have it. The whole team doesn't have it. You're watching a lead evaporate. You got to do something to prevent it. And you're just doing the same thing. They get bored playing mm-hmm. the right way, but they rarely get bored playing the wrong way. They just keep doing it. Wait, once they get in, they don't get out. Mm-hmm. I know you and I have different viewpoints on the whole. If the three yep. is open within the flow of the offense, you have to take it. And I agree with that. Um, and I didn't hate some of the shots they got during that run you're talking about. Uh, but I also do understand the idea of breaking the momentum. And I think what helps with that and what we saw during the Wizards game is good defense. Um, if you play good defense and don't let the Wizards score <laughs> and, or they, whatever team you're playing score on every possession after you take a three, then you can take those three within the flow of the offense. I mean, Joe Mazzula had a quote that's probably in your nightmares after the game. He said, I saw uh, this. I like threes. I'm a fan of math. And I know Sam was crying on the inside. Because <laughs> that's exactly what he doesn't want, as you hear a trick. Well, it's, it's not necessarily door. right. That's why. It, it do the percentages tell you something? Yeah, sure. Okay, you can like only make uh, thirty three threes for every fifty twos you make and score just about the same amount of points. We we had this yep. conversation a while back with John Corrales. The difference is is you're only making thirty three shots. You're only scoring on thirty three possessions. That means there are more misses. You're giving the other team a chance to string baskets together more consistently, get momentum, put in runs together. It becomes harder to hit shots when you're on, you're under the pressure of a run. We see it. We see it all the time. That's why runs happen. You, you get worse shots when the other team's on a run because you become more desperate. That's why you see the Celtics continue to chuck threes at times. Just look at the finals. They, they were, minutes from winning game four and going up three one they started chucking threes golden state started making baskets and they settled for threes because they were trying to break the momentum with a big three instead of just getting a basket oh i hate the analytics saying take more threes. <laughs> if they're open fine and if you're running good offense to get them to go fine early in the game they were making threes it was it was great mm-hmm. but when they're not going you need to be able to read it and it's very tough as a player because you're like, okay, this is a shot I can make, and it's kind of open, and you know why? Why shouldn't I shoot it? But yeah, sometimes within the flow of the game, despite the flow of the offense, it's not the right thing to do. It, you need to get a more reliable look than that at times. And, and I feel like not just them; teams all across the league just don't recognize that. I guess the numbers tell you different, but it's frustrating for me when when I'm watching them <laughs> blow a lead or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sam knows I disagree to some extent with that because I think f- for the most part, obviously the hero ball threes, the contested threes, the early in the shot clock threes are not smart. But if you get a three within the flow of the offense and you're open, you take it. Like Derek White in the corner, you take it. Al Horford at the top of the key off a of Tatum drive, you take it. Sam Hauser, I don't care where the ball is, you take it. <laughs> Grant Williams in the corner, like you take those open threes and the, the reason I am more okay with these threes this year is because the Celtics have a better personnel who are more equipped to taking those threes. Um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, obviously, uh, especially because more of their threes are coming within the flow of the offense. Like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't playing as much um, 
on the ball with their threes this year. They're less pull-ups and more, you know, drive, kick, get the ball to them in the corner. Marcus Smart is his own person. He's not included in this because he's struggling mightily from three. I still think he needs to take them because the math says it will turn around at some point and you can't just not take it because then you'll turn into Ben Simmons where they just don't guard you. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the theory. You're, you're muted. Um, you can't you can't just not take the threes. But go ahead. You were saying something there. Ben Simmons is not playing today. Yes. Not it it today, was but. better. It was better the first time I said it because you were actually talking about Ben Simmons. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm sorry for everyone listening. Jack had to stop what he was saying, <laughs> and then I had a dumb comment. It, it works. It works when I'm able to do it on time. Mm-hmm. I swear. <laughs> but um, yeah, you have to take them. So teams still have to guard you out there. Marcus Smart will turn around. Horford's. Uh, I don't know if he's shooting particularly well. I can I can double check here, but um, he's a good enough three point shooter where you. Marcus is the only those. one I've noticed like yeah. missing a lot. <laughs> yes, Every, everybody shooting. else is like okay, they're doing fine. Horford shooting 40% from three yeah, this year. So that, that's, he looks good. That'll tell you that. Eric him. White this year is shooting 43.5% from three this year. Sam Hauser is shooting 55.6% from three this year. Grant Williams is shooting 66.7% from three this year. I'm pretty sure Brogdon isn't shooting very well. 38.1. Let me eat, eat my words real quick there. Um, Jason Tatum shooting 40.8% from three this year. Uh, Jalen Brown shooting 34.1. So he's a little down in the dumps, but in large part, the Celtics have the right personnel to run that sort of offense. They rank last year, Sam, um, they took a ton of threes last year, right? You remember, uh, in the Ime Doka system, oh, they yeah. took a ton of threes. They ranked, let's see, they were ninth in three point attempts. They attempted 37.1 threes a night and they shot 35.6%. That percentage ranked 14th. The attempts ranked 9th. This season, they rank, let's see, uh, as the numbers load, they rank 3rd in attempts. They're taking 40.5 threes a night. More threes. However, they're shooting 39.9%. They're 3rd in the league in 3-point percentage. That's why I'm more okay with it, because they have a better personnel. Everyone seems to be better equipped to take the threes, and they're getting better threes in the offense. They rank... Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're ninth in wide open three-pointer attempts, which is a defender six plus feet away. That's a that's a result of good offense. And some of the teams above them are less of a result of good offense and more a result of we don't need to guard that person, i.e. the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are first. You don't really need to guard Ludor in the three-point line. Uh the Lakers are above them, don't really need to guard them. The Spurs, you know, some teams like that, but other teams like the Bucks, like the Jazz like the Bulls, get open three-point looks because they have good offense. And that's where I think the Celtics get them. Uh, And on those wide-open three-point attempts, they are fifth in the NBA. They shoot 42.6%. So those numbers are the ones I care about. The whole 33 shots for every 52s, whatever, I'm more of if you get those good looks and generate those good looks, you have to take them because the offense needs to respect you from deep. Uh, And like I said, the Celtics have the personnel where it makes sense for them to do that. Um, which is why I'm big on the three-point shots I enjoy. You're, you're not wrong. You're, you, all those guys can shoot. Everybody except Marcus has had a good year shooting, it seems like. Yeah. And even him, he can shoot. He's just cold. He, he He's a streaky guy. He's been streaky his whole career. He's not going to be Mr. Consistency from beyond the arc. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like there are situations in the game where, yes, it's fine when the offense is creating those looks. I agree. I, I completely agree. 
But I think when when the threes aren't working and they're not falling, the offense needs to shift. Um, I understand that, and I agree. The Celtics are they rank? Let's see, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, which would put them like twenty second uh, in shots in the restricted area per game. Uh, they only take around twenty four point eight shots in the restricted area, but they do shoot sixty seven point eight percent from there. Which I hope is they seventh. do. They is seventh in the league. That's a really it's good a percentage for them. <laughs> exactly. You'd be surprised, man. Some some teams. Oh, I know. Layups are hard. The they Pistons shoot fifty five percent in the restricted area. <laughs> That's horrendous. They beat the Warriors That's... yesterday. About that. Yeah. Shout out to them. Um, but yeah, the Celtics don't take a ton of shots there. The part I love, which you might not love, the Celtics rank. Uh, 26th in mid range. Oh, or sorry, they rank 28th in mid range shots per game. They only take 7.2 mid range shots per game. Um, so they don't like that shot. Uh, they shoot well on it, they shoot around 46.5% from mid range. But as Joe Missoula would tell you, he likes the threes, and that's where it comes in. They take a lot of three point shots, they take a lot of shots from the corner. Uh, they rank fifth. Uh, in the corner, sorry, fourth and corner three point attempts. They take 10 corner threes a game. They shoot 50% on them, which is the second best in the league. Uh, and they take a decent amount of above the breaks threes too, but they shoot really well on those as well. So like I said, it's all about the personnel. You don't have to like the three point offense, but when you have players like the Celtics have, which they have like perfected and fine tuned over these past few years, you can afford to do it a couple years ago, which is when I think Brad Stevens started doing it and he made Adoka follow it up with even more threes. You had guys like Dennis Schroeder in the offense at the start of the year. Didn't really fit that. You, you were forcing guys, <clears throat> excuse me, if you look way back, Shemi Ojale, who <laughs> didn't really fit the three-point offense. Now you replace those guys with uh, an improved Grant Williams, uh, a better shooting Derek White, who worked on a shot this summer. Bobby Manning reported on that earlier this uh, offseason. Shout out, Bobby, friend of the show. Uh, Al Horford, who's shooting a very good clip. Uh, Sam Hauser, who's emerging as a piece. Tatum, who's getting better looks. You can afford to run that three point offense. That's that's my opinion, at least. And I know you you I know you agree with it to some extent, but you're just not as. A I just think there are times we need to throw it out the window because it's not working. Sure. sure, I have I no problem with that. any of those guys you just mentioned shooting. It's just like when mm-hmm. when the house is on fire, you need to go, you know, try and put the fire out. Get get a fire mm-hmm. extinguisher. Yeah, and very bad, I, I very think- bad, like. Metaphor for me, I didn't have anything, (laughs) but what are you going to do? I I understand, but I think they're banking on the fact that they're going to win more games with this strategy than they lose. And there are games where they lose, but I will say the losses they've had so far, I don't blame on the three-point shooting. I blame on the defense, which is its own issue within and of itself. But that's not the point. The point, it's not like you have to lock in your offense before the game starts. You can change it if it's not – if the three – the only thing I'm I aware. care about is if it's not going down, abandon it, or or if you need to stop a run, don't always rely on the threes. It's the only thing I'm saying. I'm not saying they shouldn't shoot threes. I'm not saying that <laughs> any of those guys that are shooting a high clip shouldn't shoot threes. I'm not saying they shouldn't work to get good looks from three. I just think mm-hmm. when when the ship's sinking, you got to go find a lifeboat. You can't stay on the ship. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> metaphor analogy bang i understand but i'm gonna come back at you with a uh, less i mean i would say it's we're a arguing advocate, about nothing I believe it <laughs> no i know but my argument is that i understand that you go away from the three in those times of distress 
but the three was there. It's not like they shot poorly from three in those games and it wasn't working. The defense was the problem. And the even, defense when the defense, the problem. even when the defense wasn't the problem, it was all the shots they took outside of the threes that were the problem. You look at the Cleveland game, they shot, uh, they shot 39.4% from three and 51% from the field. The offense was great. They just couldn't stop uh, anything. <laughs> like they couldn't stop the bleeding at all. I mean, 82 points from Mitchell and Karis LeVert, you're not going to win that game. <laughs> you're just not. Um, and then in the Bulls game, they shot 37.5% from three, which doesn't sound great, but they shot 37% from the field. So like they shot better from three. They, they had a better chance of making the shot when they took a three. And the difference is some of the threes they were taking were bad threes. The bad threes are the ones where you get into trouble and you need to find different sources of offense because if the threes within the offense aren't there, then I completely agree with you. You have to get the ball inside. Hell, take a mid-range shot. You've seen it a couple times this season where Tatum gets contested. He takes a step in. He hits a mid-range. Boom. That's fine. But if the offense is there and you're still getting those good looks from three, I have no problem taking them even if the other team is on a run. You still take them. You still take them because it's a good offensive shot, and that's what you work to get. The issue is the defense. That that That's my take. Fine. We <laughs> we can't talk about the defense, though, because I did think it looked a lot better in that Wizards game. Uh, you could yeah. tell they were more connected. They were more engaged. Joe Mazzulla said after the game, I don't think it was ever a thing about effort. I just think they weren't uh, we weren't executing on that end. And they did execute in that Wizards game held Bradley Beal to a terrible game for the field. Porzingis still beat them up a little bit. He looks good, but uh, good defense from Boston. They're they're kind of missing the size downloaded deal with Porzingis consistently like Horford can only do so much he's getting switched around the whole defense is based off switching you're going to end up with mismatches for Porzingis it is great that they managed to keep Beal from just killing them because you just got killed by two guards the two days before you got killed by guards earlier in the week against Chicago also on the Mm -hmm. glass but you know they still played well against you Um, you need to just ball with that awesome Beal played bad great you live with Porzingis fine who cares he's got a sweet new beard uh, much to Jack's chagrin but jealous. besides that he's not really doing a lot he was settling for a lot of threes too he didn't shoot very well out there so that was good they forced him into those shots he I don't feel like Porzingis got a ton of looks right around the basket which is also another like good for them on defense because mm-hmm. they're just not letting it be easy good keep it up you have Cleveland again Wednesday Keep the foot on the gas. Uh, you have your chance at revenge against them. You have Chicago Friday. This is a big revenge week for the Celtics. You should be undefeated. You blew two games despite how well those two guys on Cleveland played. You still blew it. You're, you're like 15 yeah. points or whatever in the second half. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. care. You should win. You should have beat Chicago. That team's not very good, and you blew a big lead mm-hmm. to them. I mean, keep the defense going. Keep it going. It has been a big weakness for the Celtics. And especially with the woes you have rebounding, you need to be able to get stops because you might have to get more than the average team with all the offensive boards. Yeah, I agree. The boards were an issue. Porzingis got a lot, but like you said, he didn't get a ton of looks um, open near the basket. He did try to work the post a little bit, but the Celtics did a good job of slowing him down. And on the Beal thing, uh, one specific guy I did want to shout out a little bit. Sam Hauser played really good defense. Yeah. Beal went at him time and time again. Sam Hauser did not back down. He played phenomenal defense against Bradley Beal. Um, and that's on top of his great shooting touch, which we can talk about. I just want to talk about Sam Hauser in general for a few minutes because he has been everything the Celtics wanted him to be and more. I think he is 
the perfect replacement for Gallinari. And I think there are some valid questions are, do you even need to bring Gallinari back? And obviously you want to give him a chance to play because it sucks and you don't want to just trade a guy in an injury, but with how he's playing, I think you got to seriously consider it because Hauser has been perfect. Yeah. I mean, he's on the team. There you go. He made it. He proved the point. You don't need to go out and trade for somebody. You don't need to bring in Carmelo Anthony. All the speculation and talk and needed talk. We didn't, we didn't, as fans, didn't know what was going on. We didn't know how they were going to handle it. We didn't know who was going to step up. But Hauser's been great. He was always the first choice, I'd say. It was the easiest choice. You don't have to make any moves. You don't have to uh, mess with money, nothing like that. You just signed him to a three year deal. You need to get worth out of it, and you're getting it. Fans, you finally got somebody that is a diamond in the rough. You finally got one. You didn't let him walk. It wasn't Max Struess. You know, you, you can be happy about that. They finally got the guy that they needed. They finally they finally found the guy that was just sitting on the end of the bench and gave him a chance. And it, it's working. He's playing great. Every time he shoots a three, I think it's going in. Like you said, his defense yesterday was great. And throughout the season, it's been pretty solid, too. He's not really getting cooked. Can you think of any examples where he's really getting beat up on defense? I can't. No, and teams try to target him. You saw it in the Heat game. Yeah, I mean, look at this him. Wizards game, but he's playing great. You look at him, you say, yeah, that's a free basket. No matter what <laughs> yeah. side of the floor you're on, usually you're like, all right, you give it to him, it's going in. You, you go at him, it's going in. But yeah, not right now. No. He, he looked great. great Those defense. defensive highlights against Washington have been around Twitter. If you haven't seen him, go see him. They're good. He, he looks mm-hmm. like he's moving his feet well. He's not getting tripped up. He's not off balance, nothing. He just looked comfortable. Good on, good on the team. Yeah, and then I mean, on the offensive side of the ball, what else? What is what is there to say? Like he's taking three threes a game. He's shooting fifty five percent. He did try and uh, dunk the other day. Did he? I missed. Wait, did I? Do I remember that? Did he, it happened? was on a fast break, and it was just like him. And I think they were playing Cleveland. I don't remember who was back. Did he miss? He just got like fouled or blocked. <laughs> <laughs> like he went up, and yeah, it was against Kevin Love. I think like he just like went at him. And, oh, uh, it, I remember it went how you would think it would go. Like I remember he didn't get like it, blocked, but like he just didn't get anywhere. I remember because on Twitter, um, it was an offensive foul, wasn't it? Didn't they call it a charge? Oh, maybe. Might have <laughs> been a I, I, I remember the debate on Twitter was I don't know if it was you talking to somebody, but it's like Hauser should have pulled up from three there, and at the same time, oh, there somebody would be like, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you probably <laughs> should if you're him. Yeah. Meanwhile, I just but, spent like five minutes going back and forth with you about shooting threes, but. In that situation with Hauser, I feel like a three is better than a layup for him. I trust yeah, him more yeah. with an open three than driving <laughs> at somebody in the paint. And it, I don't who think he had is, help. Yeah, no. And Love, who is notoriously great at drawing fouls. Um, I don't know if that was a offensive foul on Hauser. I'm sure I could find it. There is one turnover he had in that Cleveland game. So I have to assume it was the charge uh, against Love. Yeah, there's an offensive foul. Let's see here. Uh, yeah. It pulled up from three. It was a charge. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Love, who is good at drawing charges. So uh, interior play is not Hauser's forte. He grabbed a couple rebounds against Washington. He was yeah. in there battling. Mm-hmm. He was playing hard. <laughs> he can get in the mix a little bit. Um, but for the most part, stick to the three-point line where he's been amazing. He's been excellent. I don't know if he, I don't know if he leads the league in three-point percentage right now. but uh, No, because Grant, he doesn't even lead the team. Oh yeah, league leaders three. Uh, league leaders basketball reference. Let's see. Do you want to take a guess? Who do you think leads the league in three point percentage right now? Grant. Okay. 
Uh, let's see. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. He does. I'm All right. Yeah, Sam knows the league. <laughs> I watch yeah, other games. Yeah. No, Who's second? Oh, Jesus. Sam um, Hauser is eighth for what he's worth. eighth. Dude, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I have no idea. I couldn't uh, tell I you believe, who's hot on other teams right now. I really couldn't. I believe the minimum to qualify for the three-point percentage is like 10 at this point. Kelly Olenek is second. Oh, that's right. It, I, I should have known that because I saw it on the broadcast yesterday. I'm so mad at myself. Yeah, he's shooting 64%. Uh, Sam Hauser's chilling in ninth. Um, right behind him in 10th is Mr. Matt Ryan on the Lakers. So there you go. Well, You're the Lakers, who are champions now. I don't know if you saw them <laughs> celebrate yesterday. Who won? Okay, well, th- that's different. And I'm no, I no, nope, don't. nope, nope, nope. It took you six six games to get a win. You don't do that. The Celtics did it for Joe Mazzula. I don't care because they, they won the first game. It's different. If they, if, had they won the first, I don't know, within the first three games, maybe you do it. After that, it starts to get kind no. of embarrassing. Nope, I disagree with you there. Coach's first win, you do it anyways. But we can disagree. It's fine. Uh, is there another limit of games that you would like? How how many would they have to go? Oh, and however, well, I'll I'll put it this way: say absolutely not. I'll put it this way: if Steven Silas started with the Rockets and they went zero and four to start the season, then they won a game. You you do it for Steven Silas, right? Because the team is less expectations. Just like yeah. I, I don't care. Darvin Ham, it's his first win ever as a head coach. I, I don't have a problem with it. It's whatever, and yeah, but sure, people are going to clown some them. Some people but... think are going to be like a real contender. Some people, no one not thinks me, that. not you. No one thinks that. There are no, people no that, it's... yeah, you. and they have they have LeBron fan in their Twitter ad. That's like, right. But no. they'll, <laughs> no. they'll tell you that. Uh, no, I have no problem with it. That's that's a, a personal thing rather than a team thing. They're celebrating him because he had an accomplishment. Eh, it doesn't matter to me. Um, you seem upset. No, I'm not upset. I just don't really have a problem with it. Because it's okay. his first win. He got, he got his first win as a head coach. That's dope. Um, but I did want to talk about Luke Cornett because uh, he's been pretty pretty good. I mean, he showed why at the start of the season there was some consideration. Oh, will he get in the starting lineup next to Horford? Um, and then he got that ankle sprain and then Noah Vonley kind of took his minutes. But in the Cavs game and the Wizards game, he showed up, he played well, and he kind of showed why he was supposed to be above them in the rotation. And I think he will be moving forward. I'm very happy with the way Luke Cornett has played. He had a nice sidestep three, uh, <laughs> which was entertaining. But the defense has been there. The offense has been there. He's He looks like a really good passer. Like I, I, He gets in the post, and they send doubles at him, at least the Wizards did, and he can find guys in the corner, which is great. Yeah. I do wish he would be – this is a weird thing to say out loud. A little bit more aggressive down low. Like, take a couple shots, Luke. Like, you're, you're seven foot two. If you've got a small guy on you, don't look to pass immediately. But I've been very, very happy with Luke Cornett so far. He made a couple nice dishes out of the paint yesterday. I thought um, there are situations where he should be more aggressive. I absolutely agree. But yeah. he, he dotted a few guys up, got some good looks for guys in the corner. I think he had uh, Derek White maybe once. He yeah, must three have three assists. or four. He, he, three assists yeah. in Washington. Love that. Solid. Mm-hmm. Good for him. I mean, there are good parts of his game. Like, he's not like a complete bum, but he's he's your third string center. What do you want out of him? For for those of you that are going to be upset and say the guy yeah. sucks, fine. Yeah, if you're asking him to be a starter, fine. But that's not what you're asking. You're asking him to come off the bench and not, not be so bad to where it really hurts the team. It's really I it. agree. 
I agree. And I said this on the pregame show. I think 15 for 20 minutes is fine for Luke Cornett. And I think he's played well in those minutes. Uh, and I'm going to, again, apologize for the dark bark, uh, barking dogs because they're a trick or treaters at the house. Who doesn't love like ASMR? You hear the dogs, <laughs> you feel safe. there looking out for you. Yeah, true. I Even though I'm but, a cat uh, person and it horrifies me, but yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. That's a tough look, but, uh, I have a couple more things I want to say. Two are short. One is long. We'll start with the longer one. Malcolm Brogdon has been great. He looks, I guess it doesn't have to be that long, but he's been everything you want to see from Malcolm Brogdon. When the Celtics traded for him, you envisioned him as this playmaker leading the second unit, uh, you know, organizing the team. And that's exactly what he's done. He had 23 against the Wizards. He's shooting pretty well from three point range. I, I think it's really hard not to be falling in love with Brogdon off the bench right now. Six man of the year candidate easily. Brogdon has given you everything you could have asked once you traded for him. When the trade happened late June, this is what you thought you were getting. He doesn't have a heavy workload. He's not being asked to get hit and go to the floor every night and really abuse his body. He's getting good looks. He's good on the drive. He's been more aggressive. Yeah, he's good at creating his shot. He's a decent passer. You can trust him with the ball. And he allows for you to rest both Tatum and Brown at the same time which is not something last year you could say. You, who were who you going to put out there to score last season with a team that went mm-hmm. to the finals and should have won the finals? You didn't have really a concrete third score. You had a third uh, you know, star, I guess, if you want to count Marcus, because he was playing so well. He was defensive player of the year. Yeah. He was a point guard that was a starter on a championship team, and he really shot really well own. in the finals. Yeah, he, he played well. I mean, he's he fine, did. and he has nights where he can score. He, we haven't seen it yet this season. Um I do kind of wonder if the Brogdon thing is screwing with him a little bit. Just I, I hope but... not. It just seems yeah. like he's off, and and that's where my mind goes first. But as far as Brogdon goes, he's been excellent. He's coming off the bench. He doesn't seem to be causing any problems. He doesn't. He hasn't made it um, any kind of story. He said he's fine with coming off the bench, so there's no real controversy there. You don't really hear the media talking about when's it time to move Brogdon into the starting lineup. You just don't hear it because he's really good in the role. And it makes more sense, in my opinion, to keep him on the bench because you need that guy to come in and keep the the flow going when either Tatum or Brown or both need to go to the bench and rest. Yes, I agree. And I sorry for coughing in the mic. I thought I was muted and I I did not mute myself. Uh, So (laughs) sorry for coughing over Sam there. But yeah, Brogdon's been great off the bench. I don't think he will get moved into the starting lineup because of how well he's playing in. You can play him in the closing lineup anyway, so there's, it doesn't really matter. Sam said it a million times. Starting lineups don't matter as much as closing lineups, and it's a fact. So, nope. You put me out there for the start. Just sub me off. Last couple things. One short one. Do you think we've seen the end of Noah Vonley in regular no. minutes? You don't? Where do you think? It depends play? on the matchup. I think it's a matchup thing. I think you're better off playing him against Philadelphia than you are Cornette. I think that was the right okay, thing to yeah. do. I think he's Fair. probably better suited to play Miami than Cornette is, which he did. Um, mm-hmm. He he's just I I trust him more defensively, which is funny to say for a guy that picks up fouls like it's his job. But <laughs> he's he's strong enough to battle with these big guys that are really solid players. Like when Denver comes to town in a couple weeks, be on the lookout for Vonley. You you would think Vonley would have had a big impact against Chicago. He didn't. He picked up a lot of fouls real fast, and it hurt them. Yep. But they come to town again Friday. Cleveland's uh, a matchup for Wednesday when the Celtics head out there. I don't know if he's going to play as much against Cleveland. Didn't work the first time. But against Chicago, I wouldn't be shocked to see a little bit more of Vonley. I think it'll be close. Yeah, him and Cornette. Because I don't think Cornette – I think Cornette will be fine against Vooch, but having the extra rebounding, because Cornette's not a great rebounder, uh, will be better for Vonley. I just think there are situations that call for different bigs, especially when you have a team like the Celtics where Horford – 
is your best defensive big. I mean, just just look at the two guys that are supposed to be the starting bigs, Horford and Rob Williams, and how different they are. Yeah. You can't expect Rob to guard somebody like Embiid, despite Rob really being an all-defensive player. It just it's not realistic. He's not built different. for that. 100% agree. Different styles. Uh, and then the last thing before we get out of here, because of the lack, or excuse me, let me restart that. Because of the large guard rotation the talented guard rotation and the Celtics kind of no longer need for shooting because of Sam Hauser do you think Pritchard's done like it's like he doesn't really have a place in the rotation anymore they don't need an extra guard last year he got a lot of minutes because they needed the shooting but now they have Sam Hauser who fits in a different role a more needed role at the wing uh, with that shooting Brogdon shooting well White's improved his shooting it feels like he's just kind of not going to be able to get in the rotation here this year, which sucks for Pritchard, but I think it just is what it is. Yeah. It's a good problem to have, I guess, unless you're Pritchard because he's a really talented player. He's say. good. He has a spot in the league. He's not a bum. He's, he's, he doesn't deserve to have to go play in the G league or China or, or anywhere. That's not the NBA. He's a good player. He's shown you he, he can be a good player. He played well in the playoffs for you when he played for the most part. The problem is you're just so deep at the guard position. There really is no need for him. He's, he's smaller than all the other guys. He doesn't play defense as well. And you're a team that's supposed to be built around defense. You haven't really been so far this season, but you need to be. The defense is a uh, piece of your game that can improve, and he's not going to really do that for you. So it sucks because he's a younger player. He spent all four years at college, so he's older than you probably think if if you don't know. Um. And he's just sitting there, sitting there watching. And he should be playing somewhere. So I don't know if they're going to trade him. We talked about this with the salary where it makes more sense if they sit on his deal for another season and then trade him because they can have more salary going out to bring in yeah. more salary. But for for the human sake, as, as somebody that, you know, he's trying to get a foot in the door in his profession and he's just sitting there. It sucks. I mean, the guy's a good Tough. player. He's talented. He can play. He he should be playing somewhere. The, the only reason it's really a good idea to keep him around and it, it might benefit them this year if they do wait until next season because of the money is if somebody gets hurt, you have somebody that you know mm-hmm. is reliable. I'd rather have him in there a million times over J.D. Davidson. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> that's a good point. Uh, and I agree with, and I think that's probably why kind of the handcuff in case they get hurt. And by the way, Pritchard, two months older than Jason Tatum for yeah. some con- context there, but it's tough, man. Don't need guards right now. And you don't need shooting either, which you could probably see him get out there if Hauser wasn't shooting well, because for that extra boost, even like in a two guard rotation or something, but <clears throat> with Hauser, there's just no real need, but it's tough. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get on out of here? Uh, you can talk about Grant Williams. Oh, Look yeah. Batman. Mr. Batman. Up <laughs> to the Celtics game against the Wizards. Full Batman costume. Did you see his post game, too? He did post game. Yeah. And Batman, Jason Tatum. Hey, I'm not a fan. What are you doing? But uh, that was funny. I, You know, I love Grant. It's just, it's so, it was good to have him back, too, after the suspension. He played pretty well. Both my pregame well. bets hit two threes for Grant, more than seven and a half points. Easy money for Grant Williams. How many did Tatum end with? I don't think his hit. I don't think the overhit because they blew him out. No, he only had 24 against uh, Washington. That's after tough. he had like hot start, too. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, oh boy, look at me. I was like, look at me. And uh, there I was. Wrong. Down. Yeah, I think they didn't really need him because they kind of shut the Wizards down. But uh, 
yeah shout out grant for batman that was that was a lead there's not much else to, i mean there's no story about it but it was just it was funny to see him pop up as batman legend legend he told me this summer i, I talked to grant in a, for an interview at heavy uh he said his his dad i think it was came up with the nickname and then he kind of just started spreading it from there so uh funny nickname for grant williams but yeah that, that's all i had on my sheet <clears throat> i believe we got brogdon we got uh pritchard and the vonley thing uh, we covered smart a little bit too when we talked about three point shooting, but uh, yeah, anything else you can think of? No, I mean, this I, I just personally think this is a big week for them. You're four and two, yeah. you, you should be one of the best teams in the conference. Milwaukee hasn't lost here behind Cleveland after losing to them. Milwaukee's not, not that the standings really matter at this point of the season, but you should really be challenging yourself to win these games. Obviously, they're not going out there trying to lose. It sounds dumb saying challenge yourself to win these games. But seriously, it shouldn't be just okay or just another game. If if you're losing games, you shouldn't lose. I, I don't know if that's realistic for somebody that that's their job and they're just kind of going to work. But <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you shouldn't have lost to Chicago last week. You shouldn't. Cleveland, Cleveland's a good team, mm-hmm. but under the circumstances, you shouldn't have lost. Those are two games you had in the bag. You should be six and zero, oh, and you're not. Mm-hmm. You should go into both those games this week with a chip on your shoulder. Who they have Saturday? New York or uh, Detroit? Uh, let's see, Celtic schedule. I think I have it open already. They have Cleveland, Chicago, New York, Memphis, yeah. Detroit. Yeah, see, they better win that uh, New York game. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, New York hasn't been bad this year, but uh, not nope. as good. So yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I think that about covers it. Sorry for the early background malfunction we had. We had to change it midway through the story because we were still in the pregame background, but that's a good segue segue, because you should check out the pregame show. Uh, we're live on how about them Celtics YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, it's this channel or guy Boston sports, uh, or our Twitters, which is blow our faces or any of the social media platforms, Twitch, all that good stuff. 30 minutes before every Celtics game. So you can check that out, but uh, I'll leave the rest of the promoting to Sam because I got in trouble last time when I took his, 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 uh, his job. Well, you took it last time and then it all screwed up. So it was a bad omen. Okay. But well, blame you. your Wi-Fi for that. Not me. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> and, and that didn't, that didn't just stop there. The Wi-Fi was bad until yesterday. Yesterday. Brutal. Like and I had to reset days. my little router in my room. I had to like turn that, it that's off. Tough. That's but tough. But I, I just like was resetting all the routers. Like, like. You, there's like an app for our Wi-Fi, and you just hit reset, and it, it does it. Like it takes. Like it's like minutes. when you uh when the fire alarm accidentally goes off, and you're trying to figure out which one it's coming from, so you have to go shut them all off. That happens in my house. Yes and no. I don't know. It, it just <laughs> the, the thing is so inconsistent, but it's fixed now. It's fine. Good. Thank goodness. Glad we're back. But yeah, thank you very much for listening or watching. If you're watching, you're on YouTube. Uh, hopefully on the How About Them Celtics Pod. Right. That's our channel. Woo! We're growing. We're climbing up the ranks of uh, subs. And if you're not, you're on Guy Boston, which is fine. But make sure you subscribe to How About Them Celtics because yes. that's where we're always at. Um, you can also catch us doing the pregames there. We enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Come hang out. Chat with us. We love the chat. Uh, a lot of regulars in there. We always appreciate yep. them. Um, if you're on a regular streaming service, that's fine, too. You didn't see uh, you know, any of the background change or my green screen that disappeared because uh, I moved it when <laughs> I took a break. But uh, make sure you follow us there. Leave a like or comment or review or whatever you do to say hey we like these guys do it and uh if you're on twitter you can follow at how about them c's or on instagram or on tiktok yep and if you want to follow jack and get all his writing all his work at jack simone nba that's the place for it. he's always tweeting during the games he needs an ice bath for the fingers uh <laughs> you can follow me at sam lafrance nba uh, i'll tweet slightly less than jack but i still do it uh that's our show for today bye